Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. What you heard from Jason Horowitz right there where he said, just win, baby. That's what we're talking about. Just win, baby. Just consistently be that playoff contender, right? That team that you just know each and every year is going to make the playoffs, or at least be fighting for the playoffs. And when they don't make the playoffs, it's a shock. Like, whoa, what, what happened? How come that team didn't make the playoffs? That's who the Raiders want to be. This all came from an email I got from NFL Communications. Seven teams qualified for the postseason in 2022 after missing the playoffs last season. Baltimore, Jacksonville, the Chargers, Miami, Minnesota, the Giants, Seattle. Every year there's about four teams that qualify for the playoffs that weren't in the playoffs the year before. But half the teams that are going to be in the playoffs this year were not in the playoffs last year, meaning half the teams that were in the playoffs in 2021 are not, including the Raiders. So the question that we threw out there to you, we've got a lot of great responses, but both on the phone line and the text line, how do the Raiders become that team? How does Dave Ziegler, how does Champ Kelly, how does Josh McDaniels get the Raiders organization and team to be that one that you know consistently is going to be fighting for the playoffs year in and year out and not be a surprise and a shock like, oh, man, the Raiders made the playoffs. Wow, that's a surprise. They don't want to be that team. They've been that team already a couple times. You know, like a lot of folks were shocked. Hell, I was shocked that they made the playoffs last year, right? We all know, we all know what they had to do to get there. No, that's, that's not how it needs to be. It needs to be a team. They need to be a team where you just know they're going to be fighting for the playoffs each and every year, or they should be a favorite to make the playoffs each and every year. And I, I, you, look, you've got to walk before you can run. I get that. But they've got to lay the groundwork. So how do they get about doing that? We've had a lot of great calls, a lot of great texts. We do appreciate that. And we'll go ahead and go to our don'tbebroke.com text line real quick. It's 69187, keyword R&R. The Raiders must live up to the commitment to excellence. Lock down dogs at every level. Solidify a long-term quarterback and top offensive line. Bring back the grit on defense at every position. Get back to take what we want and not just settle for mediocre. I like that. I like that. Mailman Raider said, Q, how do we become a usual suspect? Well, getting Brady is a start. He's been a usual suspect for 97 years. But I think getting him is a culture change. Puts that mindset in the other players. We're supposed to be here. Get a running quarterback and clean up penalties will help as well. I like that what he said, though, about the mindset. We're supposed to be here. That's what you're supposed to think. And I don't care what walk of life you're doing. You're not, I always tell everyone whenever, whenever people say, like, well, how'd you get backstage or how'd you do this? Because you're just supposed to look like you, you, know, you know what you're doing. It's admitted that the only time people ever ask you questions is when you look like you're doing something you ain't supposed to be doing, right? If you just walk in somewhere and you just keep it pushing and just act like you've been there before, most of the time ain't nobody going to say nothing to you. Half the time, people say, hey, how you doing? It's good to see you again. They ain't never seen me before ever. But they say it because they just, cause it just looks, you just looked apart. I'm like, you just got to do that. I like what he said there. We're supposed to be here. Put that mindset. Uh, let's see. East Bay Raider Gray said, for the Raiders to be a, for the Raiders to be a perennial playoff team, they're going to have to have a strong running game, strong offensive line, and strong defense. Elite quarterbacks don't grow on trees, so you may have to build a strong team like the Niners have. Pains me to say that. And that's another element of it. You can survive. I don't want to say you're going to be consistently good, but, I mean, the, the Niners put a really good team out there on the field, and the trade for Christian McCaffrey obviously has been massive. That's really helped them. 
But having that defense, that strong defense, gave them a chance to begin with. That allows them to not have to get outside of who they are. Okay, look, the defense is strong. The quarterback doesn't have to come in and wow anybody. He's just got to go in there and not mess it up, right? Make the throws that he has to make. Get the ball to the playmakers and get out the way. Let the, let the run game, let C-Mac, let, uh, you know, uh, uh, whoever it is, whoever the case may be, you know, Kittle, if it's Kittle, let him, let him cook. You know, it, it, if it's uh, uh, Debo, let, it, let Debo be the guy. And if it's a defense making plays, let them make plays. It makes things a lot easier when you have a complete team. So that's part of it as well. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to Houston in L.A. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? It's actually it's Nash in Houston. Oh, Nash in Houston, Houston in L.A., Q in Vegas. All right, here we go. Nash in Houston. What's on your mind, brother? It's a geography class. Yeah, you were talk- and I failed. You were talking about, <laughs> talking about Waco earlier, so i got to ask you, man, did you ever go out to Cadillac, Cadillac Ranch? Because I know you're a Cadillac guy. I, I actually have been out there. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. All right, well, cool. Yeah, I think a lot of people have talked uh, on how changing the culture, and, and to me the most exciting thing about this offseason is I think most people have no idea what these guys are going to do. But they certainly do have a plan. And, and to me, that's going to be the interesting thing. Because, you know, Brady's going to cost you $30 million because I think that's the way that Ziggler and those guys look at it. I mean, it's like Jimmy G. It's like it's really Jimmy G plus a good offensive lineman equals Derek Carr when it comes to salary. And that's the way these guys look at it. And if you've got the playmakers, which we do, you just need – you know, everybody hates to say game manager, but you need someone that's going to be able to, you know, get them the balls. And maybe that is a Jimmy G. Who knows who it is? So that to me is going to be the most inter- interesting thing because I don't see these guys trading up. And the one other comment is the one guy, uh, you know, uh, on uh, Raiders.com, uh, Ziegler was interviewed, and he mentioned he knew uh, the Atlanta Falcons GM. That's a place, if they're really not, uh, uh, you know, convinced this new guy is going to uh, be a winner for him. I think that makes a good fit because Arthur Smith is his third year. He can't go seven and ten if he wants a fourth year. And Derek Carr may be able to put him. They get good receivers. Uh, they got the stability, winning division. So to me, that that to me would be one of the sleepers where he might be able to fit if they don't think Ritter is the guy at least right now. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks for the call. I didn't think about the Atlanta Falcons. I guess that could be uh, a landing spot. You know, I, I don't know uh, if Ritter's going to be the guy or not. I know he got a little bit of burn towards the end of the season. I like Ritter, but I'll tell you, coming out of Cincinnati, I thought Ritter was just – I thought he was okay as an NFL guy, right? I didn't think he was going to be some wild dude in the league. But uh, obviously time will tell. But uh, that's, that's, that's good stuff right there. Good, good call. Uh, definitely appreciate that. Again, we'll uh, continue to take your calls and texts. 702-365-9200 and our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187 keyword r uh, This one comes from Jordan in Southern Utah. It says, Q, I believe Dave Ziegler explained what he believes is the best way to become a consistent playoff team in an interview he did with Eddie Pascal, which is from Raiders.com, which is what Nash was just talking about. He said bringing in smart, intelligent players changes the game. Pair that with Max Crosby saying he wants guys that want to be great, and that's what type of players you need to create the culture environment to be in the playoffs every single year. Again, that's Jordan in southern Utah. So, Max Crosby was very adamant about, you know, bringing in guys like him, bringing in guys that want to be great, putting guys that will put in the work and not complain about having to put in the work. He wants greatness around him. He wants guys, and he mentioned specifically, like Josh Jacobs, like Devontae Adams, guys like him. And he mentioned that multiple times. So, uh, you bring those kind of guys in, like Jordan's talking about, and also 
You bring in guys that are smart, intelligent football players, which is something that you hear from coaches and GMs all the time, that that's what they want. But if they truly find the ones that they believe are those guys, then they can they can do some things, right? They can have some success. So uh, there you go. Jordan, uh, Jordan in Southern Utah, uh, thank you so much for that text. Trey in Kansas City is funny. He says, Sancho told me you need to get get your D right. <laughs> so so going back to Raider Fish and Berkeley's call earlier uh, about the defense, getting the defense right. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a running joke now forever on unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Raider Fish just took it, you know, and took it and ran with it to a whole nother level. I know another guy that could take things to a whole nother level. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to Passionate Raider. What's on your mind, dude? What's up, man? What's up? Good afternoon, gentlemen. You know, I, I, I just jumped in and I heard, what can we do different? And, and my first thought was you could not keep doing the same things that we have been doing. Let's not try to go ahead and force feed something right away to try to make something happen in one year because – Nine out of ten times, that's not going to happen, man. Just to just sit back, like we said yesterday, like I said yesterday, like Raider Fish said earlier, we're going to have to build this defense up. Stop switching coaches. Rule number one, stop switching coaches. We need to have a coach that can come in and lay a foundation and give it a little bit of time to work. Now, now the obvious is the obvious. If he's just flat, you know what, then you know what. Maybe Mark, maybe we need to figure out who the guy is going to be. But right now, we got some guys in here right now who have been trained and know what it takes to win football games. We got a smart players in the draft, not reaching for these who we think of the gem. Get the best available player on the board when it is your turn to pick and build your team that way. Hashtag 49ers are doing it. The Eagles are in the mix of doing it. The Detroit Lions are doing it. If the Detroit Lions can turn it around and get their organization right, I don't know if anybody watched Hard Knocks, but they got a nice core foundation in the upper management going on there where they're all on one accord. That's what I want to see happen from now on. I want to see this upper management handle and make the right decisions for the future, not for instant gratification because that doesn't that doesn't happen a lot life and if it does it's usually a little fake or something ain't right with it man so i just pray these guys can stay consistent do what's right and build a foundation of winners that's all i wish for man and i think if they do that it might not be next year it might not be next year but as long as we're being competitive and we're at least making it to the playoffs you can't just think your non-playoff team just jumping straight to the super bowl that doesn't happen a lot. Just make it consistent and stay competitive and build that defense, and we're going to be there for the long haul. Thanks for taking my call, guys. You have a great day. Let's just keep it. Let's keep the faith, man. Keep the faith. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. All right, you too. Have a great weekend, Pastor Raider. And that's the thing, man, consistency. That's really what we started the whole show about is consistency. Consistency, because that's what I want to see. And I feel like Raider Nation, and you can correct me if, you're, if I'm wrong, I feel like Raider Nation was really teased. By making the playoffs last season and then getting the, the weapons that the Raiders picked up this, this offseason, it was really a tease because it's like, oh, yeah, this team is going to be a playoff team. And maybe I was just the only one who fell for the banana in the tailpipe. And if so, I'll be on that island by myself. I'm okay with that. But, man, I, to me, take off my headphones, take off my headset, take off my podcast and my radio show, just put me out there as a fan. I feel like I was teased. I feel like it was dangled in front of me like, hey, man, it's right there. It's right there. This team's going to take off now, and then all of a sudden they didn't. 
right? So I want to see this team get to the spot where they are that team that you know each and every year you're in the conversation. All right, who do you think is going to make the playoffs? You know when we go through the schedule every year? All right, who's going to win this division? Who's going to be a playoff team? Who's going to – like I want to be able to say, oh, the Raiders. Oh, yeah, the Raiders, they'll be, they'll be in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, they'll, they'll go a couple rounds deep. They'll do this. Oh, well, hey, this – you know, they went and picked this guy up in the offseason. Man, this could be a, a, a Super Bowl team. Like I want to be able to have those conversations. Now the conversation is, do you think the Raiders can make the playoffs this year? You think they're going to be better? I don't know how many times, you know, my mom's asked me in the offseason, are the, are the Raiders going to be better this year? What do, you think, what do you think going into the season? I'm like, ah, I think so. Or, ah, I don't really know. Or, ah, I don't have a good idea. I don't have a good feel for it. You know what I mean? Like, there's, I don't want to have those conversations. I mean, I don't mind having any conversation with my mom. But I, I want to have the conversations of how far do you think the Raiders would go? Isn't that the more fun conversation? How far do you think they'll go this year? Can they go all the way? Can they do this? Can they, you know, host a, a, a playoff game? Can they get to the AFC Championship game? Like, those are the kind of conversations that are fun to have. Those are the kind of conversations I want to have. And I know that that front office, I know that Mark Davis, I know that those players in the locker room, that's what they want to be a part of. Every player that we talked to in the locker room all season long all said the same thing about they want to win. Max Crosby, I mean, he gave us 13 good minutes on Monday. And really, he said losing is unacceptable. We can't be that team. That's a former fourth-round pick. You know, I think Lincoln Kennedy always says it best. Like, leaders aren't born. You know, leaders are created. Max Crosby has turned himself into a leader. And now all of a sudden he's setting a standard saying losing is not acceptable. I think that that, when we talk about culture changing, I think that that's part of it, is getting somebody in the locker room to say, hey, enough with this. Losing is not acceptable. If you want to lose, go lose somewhere else. Go lose with the, the mother cats over there. Go, go lose with them. Don't lose around here. We ain't no losers around here. Like, that's, that's what the mentality's got to be. Problem is, the rosters turn over so much in the NFL. You know, I mean, again, the Raiders have 26 unrestricted free agents this upcoming year. 26. So, obviously, everyone's not going to come back. So, where's the ones that are going to be there? Where's the ones that are guaranteed to be there? Players, coaches, front office. They've got to say and establish Losing is unacceptable. This cannot continue here. That starts with Dave Ziegler. That goes to Champ Kelly. That goes to Josh McDaniels. Losing cannot be an option. You know when some guys you see and they make it, they make it and, and they were on hard times and, and their families were doing bad like Josh Jacobs. You know what Josh, you know how much how many options Josh Jacobs had growing up? None. His only option was to succeed. Find a way to succeed. Like he said in the locker room. I'm the rock of the family, right? And when he was talking about his pops, he's like, when you're the rock of the family and your rock is in a bad situation, it hurts you. But he had to be the rock. You know why? Losing wasn't an option for him. He had to find a way to get up out of where he was. He had to find a way to get out of the car, sleeping in the car, and get to college. Because college was going to help him get to where he's at right now, which is going to help him turn into a a lucrative contract that was going to help take care of his family. Losing was not an option for him. Guys that make it from... A lot of guys that make it from nothing to something, you know why they made it? Because they had the drive because losing was not their option. They were so hungry, and I, I mean that, you know, literally and figuratively, they were so hungry they had to succeed. That's what's got to happen. Those guys upstairs in the front office, they've got to say losing is not an option.
That, what, that will not happen around here. It cannot happen anymore. If losing, you're okay with accepting a, you know, a losing product, then you've got to accept that somewhere else. You've got to go on over to whatever team. I don't care. Fill in the blanks. Whoever you want it to be. It can't be here. That's what they've got to say. That's what they've got to establish. 702-365-9200. Don'tbebroke.com. Text line is 69187. Keyword r We'll get back to more of your calls and texts. Plus, we'll go over the AP first team and second team that Max Crosby's not a part of. And we'll talk about, we'll talk about why. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a lot of great texts, a lot of great calls today. We're going to close out this week strong, man. It's, it's Super Wild Card Weekend. Excited about seeing the playoff games. Would be more excited if we were talking about the Raiders and who they're playing this weekend, but that's not the case. They got to find a way to be that team that we're talking about. Super Wild Card Weekend, Wild Card Weekend, AFC Divisional Round Playoffs, you know, Championship weekend, Super Bowl. I mean, that's 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 what the goal is, right? If the goal is not winning, then what what are you doing? Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Great answers from Raider Nation on this topic. Losing is not an option. I believe Ziegler will get us going in the right direction. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. Got a text from the five three zero Q. You know when someone says the same thing over and over, it said it's almost to convince themselves. I bring this up because all year we heard we had great leaders, but leaders lead in command, but command must come a, a superior or dominant player. Regardless of who wore a C on their jersey, I think we only had three leaders, Devontae, Crosby, and Jacobs. That's from the 530. Uh, let's see. Mailman Raider said, Q, because of our training, <laughs> you got to train your body and train your brain. That's how you become a usual suspect. I like it. Who else do we have here? Q, this is from the 915. Oh, El Pas- this is from El Paso Raider, actually. Excuse me. Q&D, love Derek Carr. Wish him well. Thank him for his nine-year stability at the quarterback position. What is it going to take for the Raiders to be the ones in the playoffs consistently? He just started moving on from D.C. and upgrading the position. In a division with Mahomes and Herbert, you need elite at that position. I believe in the front office, not so much of the coaching staff, but we're in great hands. If we bring in TB12 and inject a killer winning mentality to the locker room, uh, it's what the doc ordered, culture change. I think I read that one earlier. Sorry about that. <laughs> El Paso Raider, I might have read that one twice. But there you go. Good stuff right there. Appreciate that. You can keep those texts coming in at 69187, keyword r What's it going to take to have the Raiders become that team consistently that you know are fighting for the playoffs? I did want to go over the AP All-Pro team. I talked about it a couple times already. The other day, the NFL and the NFLPA, they put out their first uh, inaugural All-Pro first team uh, list and you know they and, and the players voted on this list and you couldn't vote for yourself and you could only vote for your position group or the ones that play across from you and Josh Jacobs made the list and that's not a surprise because he le- led the league in rushing so that's that's not a shock Devontae Adams made the list because well he's Devontae Adams he went over 1500 yards receiving had 14 touchdowns on the season not a surprise but Max Crosby didn't make it, and I was kind of surprised. I even called it a snub, especially when I went back and looked and saw that Miles Garrett made the list. I wasn't mad that Nick Bosa made the list because I thought, well, Nick Bosa's going to probably be Defensive Player of the Year. So I thought that that was okay. But when I saw that, that Max Crosby didn't make it and Miles Garrett didn't, I went back and looked at Miles Garrett's numbers. I was like, yeah, I get it that Miles Garrett had three and a half more sacks than, than Max Crosby, but Max Crosby had the better, in my opinion, all-around season. And it's funny and I'll even throw this out there, Raider Nation. You could chime in on this because if I'm wrong, please tell me. I look at the whole body of work 
And I'm not I'm not a pressures guy. Like, oh, hey, they, he had a ton of pressures. Remember, DeMond, we, we, we talked about the pressures last season and said, well, pressures are nice, but sacks are better. Well, when you get 12 and a half sacks, you're doing something. That's, that's a hell of a season. But you also look at the numbers as far as tackles for loss. He had 22. You look about the, the passes defensed, he had four. Tackles in general, he had 88. Those are combined tackles, but 88 from his position, which is incredible. He had three forced fumbles and one fumble recovery and one kick block. I think if you look, that checks every box, right? But he didn't, he didn't make that team. Miles Garrett got the, the nod ahead of him. So I said, okay, well, you know, some of that's because of name, because Miles Garrett every year, he's that guy. Oh, and by the way, Max Crosby played every game this season too, 17 games. Played a ton of snaps. One of the guys, one of the guys that played the most snaps all year long in any position, <laughs> right, on any team. So he didn't make that. So I thought, okay, that's a little bit of a snub there. So then today, the AP All-Pro team came out, first and second team. So, of course, Max Crosby's got to be on there, right? So let's go through the AP All-Pro first team, just the whole team. Quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, makes sense. Running back, Josh Jacobs, makes sense. Leading rusher in the league. Tight end, Travis Kelsey, gotcha. Wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. Boom, makes sense. Everything is cooking with grease right now. Everything makes sense. Left tackle, Trent Williams. Right tackle, Lane Johnson. Left guard, Joel Petonio, Cleveland. Right guard, Zach Martin. Center, Jason Kelsey. Okay, that all makes sense. No gripes, no complaints. Defense, here we go. Edge rushers, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons. Interior lineman, Chris Jones, Quentin Williams. Linebackers, Fred Warner, Roquan Smith, Matt Milano. Cornerbacks, Sauce Gardner, Patrick Satan. Safeties, Mika Fitzpatrick and uh, Talona uh, Hufanga from San Francisco. Place kicker, Daniel Carlson from the Raiders. Makes sense. Punter, Tommy Townsend. Makes sense. Kick returner, Keyshawn Nixon. Shout out to Keyshawn Nixon in the, the, the kick return game. He's been fantastic at that. Don't know why Rich Versace, who, by the way, is in Green Bay too, didn't have him returning kicks with the Raiders, but that's a whole other conversation. Punt returner, Marcus Jones from New England. He's a difference maker. Special teamer, Jeremy Reese from Washington. Long snapper, Andrew DiPaolo from Minnesota. So the Raiders had three guys on the AP first team, which for a team that won six games is a lot, no doubt. No doubt at all. I, like, I get that. Max Crosby didn't make the first team, so he's got to make the second team, right, DeMond? He didn't make the first team. He's got to make the second team. Just makes sense. It only makes sense. So I'm not going to go through the whole second team, but I will go down to edge rushers. Again, here's that Miles Garrett guy. <laughs> he pops up with Hassan Reddick, and I got to give Hassan Reddick credit. He had a really good season for Philadelphia, and Philadelphia's in the playoffs, and, you know, they're the number one seed. They got the weekend off because they are the number one seed. So I, don't, I have no problem with Hassan Reddick, who, by the way, has turned his career into a really good career. The last three seasons, three or four seasons, has been great. He's been doing some really good things. But here's that Miles Garrett again. And so Max Crosby doesn't make the list at all. He doesn't make the first team or second team. That, to me... And I'm not really a, a big awards guy like this is highway robbery, but to me that feels like that's highway robbery. I'm just going to say. It feels like somebody's not paying attention. It feels like to me, and I know some will argue with me and say, Q, it's about the sacks. He's got to get more sacks. Okay. But I will say the body of work means something. And I feel like whoever voted and didn't give him the nod over Miles Garrett is checking the box score and not really checking the game. That's just my opinion. What are your thoughts? So, yeah, when you have these conversations, you have to say, who would you take off the team? And obviously, your pick's Miles Garrett. I would take Miles Garrett off, no doubt. Max Crosby, he did lead the league in tackles for loss. 22. And Miles Garrett had 16 sacks compared to 
Max is 12, 12 and a half. half. Right. But to me, Hassan Reddick, he's got to be on the team because also with these lists, wins have to account for something. Yes, absolutely. But for me, that's where a part with the Cleveland Browns, where you take the Raiders versus the Browns when it comes to both teams did not making the playoffs. Right. And Max Crosby, it's almost as if he's penalized because all like his solo and combined tackles, it's almost as if he's been penalized for how much he does play. I mean, it's, it's very possible. Where where you see Miles Garrett, well, he's not he's not playing as many snaps. He's he not. He didn't even play every game. He only missed one. I know, but still, <laughs> if I show up to work every day and you show up every day, but one, I showed up more to you. But he's doing less with more snaps. So I see where's how someone could. I'm, it's not that I'm making the he's argument more, for Miles Garrett. More, you're saying he's doing more with less snaps. He's doing more with less snaps. Gotcha. Yes, there we go. I got you. So if he's doing more with less snaps, and when they look at the edge, Max Crosby is doing more overall on the field, but people are just looking at the position as who's getting after the quarterback more. Right. And it's unfortunate, but I think that at the end of the day, I don't know everyone who voted on this, but it seems Miles Garrett, he's got the name, he's got the notoriety, and he got after the quarterback more. Well, Devontae Adams said, congrats to my teammates and other boys around the league on their all-pro nods. Max was brutally snubbed, and someone needs to be held accountable. As for me, that's three first-team blessings in a row. God is great. That's from Max Crosby. No, excuse me. That's from Devontae Adams on (laughs) Max Crosby. So that lets you know how he feels. Jermaine Illuminor went in a little bit more. (laughs) He went a a little bit. I got to find his tweet. I didn't retweet it yet. Here it is right here at the main show if you're looking for him on Twitter. He went in and said, Max was one of the best players in the league this year. In my opinion, him and Nick Bosa are the two best pass rushers in the NFL, so the fact he was left off the all-pro team is a joke. Nowadays, all the voters care about are flashy plays, not true dominance. If they did, I bet those all-pro teams would look a lot different. Don't even, don't even get me started on that. That's from Jermaine Illuminor. Of course, Max Crosby's teammates, but it just kind of lets you know what they think about Mad Max. And I'll say this. Again, it's easy because I've voted on many different things. I've voted for different players. I've voted for different teams. I've done. I've had the responsibility to do that sometimes, and it's not always that fun. And I'll tell you that you know, even times when I had responsibilities to vote on people, a lot of times, you know, as we're sitting around the room, we're look, we're voting. What are we doing? We're looking at stats. We're just looking at the numbers. We're looking at the box score instead of actually saying, okay, well, how did this player help this team? And the reason why I would take Miles Garrett off as well. Because, again, like you said, Philadelphia, they got the wins, so wins matter. San Francisco got the wins. Wins matter. You know, Dallas is in the playoff. The wins matter. Cleveland only had seven wins this year. Right? The Raiders had six. So that's really an apples-to-apples type situation. If you're going to put, you know, Miles Garrett on there, he's getting, he's getting that because he was a former first-round pick, and he's in that conversation every year. It's kind of like the you could put Aaron Donald in the, well, he's the defensive player of the year conversation every year because he's that good. And Miles Garrett has been really good. But I just think that Max Crosby put in extra work. I mean, he was that guy. He, he redefined his game. But the thing about it is, if I'm Raider Nation, what I'm excited about is that Max Crosby got snubbed. <laughs> right? Because as, as he said in the locker room on Monday, he does this all year long. He does this. He doesn't want to be good. He wants to be great. So, you know, we, we all laugh at the, at the um, last dance with Michael Jordan where he's like, and I use that for motivation. And, you know, that's what he's going to do. Guys like him will use that snubbing, even if it's valid or not. And he'll use that to his advantage, right? He'll use that and say, okay, you want to snub me? You want to keep me off the, fir- the, 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 the first team, all pro? I'll show you. I'll show you and I'll come back and even have a bigger season. So 
Like, I can't predict the future. I can't tell you exactly what it's going to look like. But I guarantee you, when Max Crosby gets back in the lab, I know he's taking a couple days to, you know, kind of decompress and spend some time with his family and his baby and all that good stuff. I know, you know, he's doing that and he's, that's earned. But when it's time to get back on the grind, I guarantee he's going to have that in the back of his head. Okay. No first team, no second team, all pro. All right, I got you. I'll show you how, how, how much of a first team or second team I am. <laughs> right? And it ain't going to be second team. He ain't going to be aiming for second team. I promise you that. He's going to want to be the dude. I mean, hell, Nick Bosa, who did, what did Nick Bosa say the other day? He's a, uh, him and, him and, and, and Max were the best pass rushers in the league. That's what Nick Bosa said. So I think that, I think that he got snubbed, but I think it's going to be really good for him when he comes back this next year because, man, he's been improving a little bit more and a little bit more each and every year. I thought last year when he was paired up with Unique Ngakwe, he did some really good things. This year, he did some great things, and his tag team partner wasn't even, you know, wasn't even putting up big numbers. But he was out there putting in work. So I, I just think that he's in, he's in line for some good stuff. A really good season next year once they get back to the grind. So uh, he, he's going to push himself with not getting the, getting the first or t- second team AP All Pro. 334 is the time. We'll come back. We'll get your calls and texts straight off that don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r and And, of course, 702-365-9200. This is Red Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. We were just talking about Max Crosby not being on the first team or the second team AP All-Pro team. I think he's going to use that snubbing, like I call it, snubbed. He's going to use that like Josh Jacobs used his fifth-year option not get picked up by the Raiders. Turn that into a great season next season. I kind of wish it had happened a little closer to the season, <laughs> right? Because he might have a little bit of downtime now. But, no, I, I do think that Max Crosby is going to use that as motivation. And a couple folks on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. They agree with me. Mailman Raider said, book my ticket for Defensive Player of the Year for Max Crosby. His D will definitely improve. Mailman Raider Max said, Q, great minds think alike. Raider Fish and Berkeley chimed in. Max Crosby not making those lists is the best thing that could ever happen. The NFL done effed up now. If you think that dude was playing out of his body this year, next year he'll be playing like the inside of his head is on fire. Also, Q, let this be that extra mo- motivation for max crosby i look to see him having his best season next year got one from the 707 ap voted in hassan reddick over max crosby unreal now he did have a hell of a season you got to give hassan reddick a lot of credit he did have a hell of a season and philadelphia is a hell of a team but hassan reddick man i liked him a lot coming out of temple i was mad when arizona drafted him i think they got him number 13 overall uh, he was, again, one of the guys that I thought that the Raiders could use. But, man, his career in Arizona was just not all that at all. I mean, they really didn't know how to use him. Finally, his last year in Arizona, I think he finally got double-digit sacks, and then they let him walk in free agency. And then the last few years he's been on different teams. He was in Carolina one year, uh, in Philadelphia this past year. He's having uh, just a massive seasons. 
like big time sack numbers. Uh, it's it's good to see him finally, finally really turning into the player that everyone thought he was going to be when he came out of Temple. Matter of fact, the year he came out of Temple, that was that was the year that the Raiders drafted Garyon Conley, number twenty four overall. <laughs> that was I remember we were in Philadelphia for that draft. <laughs> we were in Philadelphia for that draft. I remember that one. That was the Deshaun Watson to the Texans draft. That was uh, Patrick Mahomes to the Chiefs draft. That was, uh, yeah, that was a lot of that. Mitchell Trubisky, them making moves to go get him. Yeah, that was that, was that draft in Philadelphia at the bottom of the Rocky Steps. I remember that one like it was yesterday. Going back to the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R, Robin Oakland, Hit us with a two-parter. This is fantastic. Talking about the culture. He said, one to two. I agree about culture, but it's a vague word. I think a few things need to happen, so he's going to break it down. One, stop making organizational mistakes. Improve college and pro scouting. Infrequent early-round draft busts. Value-based free agent signings that bring production. Coaches teach well and players learn well, so assignments are second nature, and the players are free to actually play the game of football like artists, like Coach Madden once referenced. Three, elevate the floor performance of the team. Don't get blown out or shut out. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat. That's a big key right there. That number three right there, beat the teams you're supposed to beat. That is, that is something. And for the longest, and I'm not breaking any news of Raider Nation, for the longest, the Raiders have played down to their competition. Something people talk about when they call the show all the time. How many times did you know we go into a game week, tomorrow and say, there's no reason the Raiders should lose this one. Like against the Colts, there's no reason. Not saying they can't, but there's no reason that they should lose this game. And what did everyone call? Yeah, but Q, they always play down to their competition. This is not a Josh McDaniels thing. This is not a Dave Ziegler thing. This ain't even a John Gruden thing. I mean, this has been going on for years on top of years on top of years. They've always historically played down to the, the level of their competition, and I never understand why. Well, that's something that just can't be fixed. Well, obviously well, it, it can't can be. be. It like, can be fixed. Be. But if you're saying that it's something that's even amongst the players of, it doesn't matter who's in the jersey. It's right. just been happening for years. That is something where I know that the texture that they said cultural culture. It's a vague word, but yeah. that is something where it comes to changing the culture. Right. No, it's 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 going back to getting players that are that are winners and getting players that you know know what they're doing, smart, intelligent players like Dave Ziegler said to Eddie Pascal. Uh, on the on the Raider Roundtable that he he did, um, I don't. It wasn't called Raider Roundtable, but it was the show that they did. And it was really good. They put it out on their YouTube page, and uh, we just checked it out the other day. Uh, also going on with Rob's text: Get better players, not just for height, weight, and speed, but guys hungry to study and practice. Salty guys that remember the ring around the Rosie play and want revenge. Alpha types with a lot of energy. Dynamic quarterback with a mean streak. I think these are, I think these are some of the components of a culture change. It's hard to accomplish that. It takes time. It may be a few seasons before we see it manifest in the playoffs. Rob in Oakland breaking it down right there. I like that. That was good stuff right there. And that's, you know, that's a big key, man. Got to get players that want it. You got to – and that's just – I don't know how you would just identify them except for going back and just seeing what their history have been, seeing who they are in college, seeing what they've been so far in the pros, if they're free agents or, or, or if they're – like I said, if they're guys that you're going to draft, you got to go and find the guys that you know are hungry and always going to be hungry. No matter what they do, they're going to they're going to be hungrier and they're going to want that success. That's what they've got to look for. They've got to be able to find that, identify that, and then consistently go get those players. You know, like I know no one ever likes talking about New England. I get it. But they, all, they always identified what a, a Patriot was, right, what a Patriot looked like, what, what, what that guy 
who fit in with what they did, and they went and got those guys. Sometimes it went against the grain. Sometimes people are like, uh, I, don't think that, I don't think that guy's going to be very good. And somehow they make that work because they know what they're looking for. That's what Dave Ziegler's job is to do is identify and figure out exactly what that guy or who those guys are to make this team go where it needs to go. And like Rob said, turn it around. It might take, might take a couple years, but they've got to be able to consistently do that. So want to hear from you, Red Nation, 702-365-9200. Who we got up first, Damon? We got Paul in Temecula. Paul, <laughs> my guy, Paul Temecula. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude? What's up, What's up Q? Hey, man, I, hey, I, I, I'm sorry for uh, messing you up yesterday, man. <laughs> it's, it's all I, good, man. I love you for I, it. It's all good. I, I know we got caught up in the left Twix and right Twix kind of <laughs> dilemma. So. <laughs> but it, it's all good. Yes, sir. Hey, man, um, really quick, I just wanted to chime in on, on the culture thing and building a team. Um. I think I think we got to have uh, first of all I think we to have patience with our coaching staff and our front office. I think we forget that everybody wants to fire McDaniel's, mm-hmm. but it, it's it's a package deal that 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 includes Ziegler too, right? So what is that saying? So I think you got to let them kind of build this thing. Um, so that that's number one. And um, I, I listened to a, a podcast. Um, on the GM shuffle by uh, Michael Lombardi, who's the father of Nick Lombardi. And he talks about how teams fail, right? Because there's no alignment between the general manager and the coach, right? So everybody talks about Belichick's protégés and his trees failing, right? Mm-hmm. Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, Eric Mangini, you could go on and on and on. The reason why they fail as coaches is because they don't have a GM to go with them, right? Yeah. So, um, and one of the things about the Patriots is the, the way they scout, they, they put a big emphasis on IQ, right? Mm-hmm. Not just height, weight, and speed, but IQ. So the way they grade their players is different, and that's part of the, the culture building of building a team is the front office scouting the players, grading the players, and the coaching developing these players. Like, do you, do you remember when um, the Raiders drafted Bruce Campbell out of Maryland in 2010? <laughs> yes, yes, that big old fast, strong dude, right? Exactly, right? It looks like Tarzan but plays like Jane. Yes, sir. Like, we need to get away from that, and we need to let, let our coaching staff develop players that our front office grades a certain way that's completely different from other organizations and, and, and bring high IQ players. You know, so I, I think we just need to, and I know I know we've been waiting 20-plus years for our team to get it right, but we finally have an alignment with the, with the general manager and the coach who has philo- philosophical beliefs that are the same. Um, like, I'll give you an example. The Texans, Nick Osario, he was with the Patriots for 17 years, right, as a front office scout, and he's, he's already fired two head coaches, one and done. Right. Um, um, most recently, uh, Lovey Smith. What's his name? I, yes, Lovey Smith. Right? You know who would be a great hire for the Texans? Brian Flores. Why? Because he worked with Casario and the right. Patriots. They had the same belief. They had the same grading system. So we we're lucky. We're lucky enough that we got Ziegler and McDaniel's to come from that same philosophical belief. That, that would hopefully align us moving forward. So 
that that's all I got for today, man. I, I appreciate <laughs> your show, you and Demont. You guys do an amazing job, and you guys give us a voice um, to 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 talk about our our beloved Raiders, man. Keep up the good work, Q. We'll thank we'll you. do. Hey, thank you, Paul. Great call, man. Great call. We've had some fantastic calls today. I mean, I think we have fantastic calls every day, but today has really been some next-level stuff. So, uh, uh, you know, hats off to Raider Nation. These calls today have been fantastic. Let's keep this party rolling right now. Uh, Paul, thank you for that call. Let's go out to Sam Matteo. Mark in San Mateo, California. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q. Thanks for taking my call. Um, You guys were talking about culture, and it just made me think to Tim Brown, one of the best – you know, not the, the best Raider receiver of all time. The classiest Raider, you know, other than Jim Otto, we call him Mr. Raider, touchdown mm. Timmy Brown. Yep. And I'll never forget when Jerry Rice came over from San Francisco. And, he, you know, Brown was interviewed on one of the local radio shows, and they, he was talking about when Rice came over and there was bad calls going against the Raiders. And he said to Tim, what's going on around here? And, he, and Tim Brown said, get used to it, brother. He said, you know, uh, and I've heard Tim Brown talk about that several times. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, 20-something years, or more, more than that, it's like you have different players, different coaches, and every single year the Raiders would be, you know, top five. I don't know if, you know, it's the whole Al Davis effect, like they've had, you know, shows on that. But it's just, it, even with them this year, with McDaniels, it seems like, you know, it, it didn't really change much. We were still like tops and, you know, top five, top ten in penalties, so. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember that Tim Brown talking about that? Q. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he said that many times. Okay, and then um, my other point. You, you had a guy that texted in talking about we only had three leaders. I'd like to give a shout out to Deron Harmon. Um, I thought you know he's not you know the next Ed Reed, but I thought he held it down. You know, getting yeah. strips and he had that one interception return for a touchdown. He really mm-hmm. flashed, and you know he's a great locker room guy from everything you hear. Um, and then lastly, as far as the whole Max Crosby, that was obviously a snub. I want to get your thoughts. So do you think, like, that 49 game, you know, I felt like Max is a beast, don't get me wrong, but I felt like he might have worn down a little bit at the end. That Niner game, which a lot of eyes were on that game, boy, I was hoping he could get to Purdy at least once or twice. Yeah. And it didn't happen. They came back and won. I don't know if that makes a difference going down the stretch, you know, if they're looking more at the last three, four games, if that has anything to do with it. But – can you imagine if Max Crosby had like, I don't know, look at look at what Bosa has. Bosa has Eric Armstead in the middle. Right. Can you imagine if Mad Max had Eric Armstead or DeForest Buckner in the middle? Like you were saying the other day, if we could get Deron Payne or a guy that not just plays the run or a Tillery who's great against, you know, rushing the pass, but he's not so good against the run. We need a beast in the middle. And yep. I know you've been talking about it, Q. And those are just some of my thoughts and like to get your, your thoughts on that. Well, Mark, you just made my day, man. You brought up Deron Payne, and Demond will tell you right now. I put my fist up like I was Rocky. I was just, I was standing at the top of the Rocky stairs right now. I'm, I'm champion for Deron Payne. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a great point. Max had 12 and a half sacks. Could you imagine how great of a season he would have had if he had a dude like a Deron Payne, like a Armstead, like someone like that in the middle that was getting pressures too and getting sacks? I mean, even like I said, with Chandler Jones only getting four and a half. Right? I mean, if Max comes up with 12 and a half and a guy like Jerome Payne has 11 and a half, I mean, now you're cooking with grease. That's going to make everyone's job easier. That's what they've got to get, man. That's that's something I hope that they come away with. I don't care how they get it. I don't care if they go into the draft and get a dominant dude like a, like Carter from, from Georgia. Fine. Whoever the guy is going to be, somebody's got to, I like Andrew Billings a lot. I don't think he's a starter. 
And I know Dollar Bill personally, right? I, I don't think he's a starter. I think he's a guy that's a good rotational piece, and there's nothing wrong with being a good rotational piece. You've got to have a dude, though. There's got to be someone that's in the middle of that that's just going to be nasty that everyone's going to have to pay attention to when he's out there on the field. Watch out for that cat. Right now the Raiders on the defensive line, the one cat that everyone's watching out for is number 98, Max Crosby. Chandler Jones is a guy who traditionally they're looking out for, but, you know, he got off to a slow start, so they stopped. I think they stopped, you know, really worrying about him as much, thinking that, okay, he's a little bit, you know, washed, even though I know they still gave him respect because he's a hell of a player. Uh, and then he came on. You know, he came on, and you saw the, kind of the difference when he started to come on and, and really start making some plays, uh, helped the Raiders win some games. Of course, uh, probably the play of the year <laughs> was that damn, uh, you know, they call it a fumble recovery and take it to the house, but – um, he went and plucked that ball out of the air. He uh, big-faced Mac Jones and took it to the house. That was that was awesome. So, uh, Mark, thank you so much for your call, my man. I do appreciate you. And on the point of Max Crosby kind of winding down towards the end of the that Niner game, well, that's because Max Crosby has one speed, and that's 100 miles an hour. He doesn't really pace himself at all. So I can see at the end of the game sometimes being a little tired with all the attention that's put on him. That's why he needs he needs a Robin. You know, he needs a Robin and he needs Alfred, right? He needs The Alfred could be the guy in the middle. Robin's the guy on the other side. I mean, he needs, you know, you need a middleman. You know how it is, Demon. You need a middleman. 702-365-9200. Who else we got up next, Demon? Quick. Quick. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What it do, fellas? Q Ball. Happy what? Friday. Appreciate yes, sir. It is time for conspiracy. You know, less conspiracy and more let's talk turkey with this trade. Because I think we can solve the problem that you just brought up with a simple fix. One Mr. Derek Carr, we trade him to the Tennessee Titans okay. for Mr. Jeffrey Simmons mm. and a conditional third-round pick, and we see how that goes for them. What do you think about that, Q? Because he's been on my radar, same as Payne has been on yours. Yeah. I felt like last season was the year to grab him because he was going into that, into that fifth year, and maybe they didn't want to pay him. But I know DeMond is not liking this, but I <laughs> love this for us. And I think that this would be kind of a win for both teams, some stability at the QB position for the Tennessee Titans, have to hand it off to the D- D- uh, Henry and play a little defense, and we get what we need with that big old hoss of a man, Jeffrey Simmons. Tell me what you think, you boy. I'll talk to you all next week. All right, man. Appreciate you. Like it. I like it. Simmons is a hell of a player. DeMond, I'm sure DeMond ain't liking that. DeMond, what are you thinking? Uh, throw in Devontae Adams and you got yourself a deal. Oh, get out of here. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You kidding me? Simmons had seven and a half sacks this year, eight and a half sacks the year before, uh, three and two the first two seasons, but he was coming off an injury. So, yeah, um, I, hey, man, look, Jeffrey Simmons is a hell of a player. Uh, they, they could definitely use a guy like Jeffrey Simmons. They could definitely use a guy like Jerron Payne. They could definitely use a guy like Hargrave. I mean, they need somebody. Again, I mean, I, I made a joke just because it's really the only name I know, but they need an Alfred, man. They need a guy in the middle, a dude. They got Batman and Max. They feel like they got Robin and Chandler Jones. Cool. Who's the dude in the middle? Who's going to be that guy? Simmons? I, hey, look, if that worked out that way where you trade D.C. to Tennessee and you get Jeffrey Simmons in return, I'd be happy with that. I'd be okay with that, you know? I, I, improve the defense and then go out and, and, and do whatever you're going to do, whatever decision you're going to make uh, on the offensive side of things. Yeah, I'd be cool with that. No doubt. 702-365-9200. That's our listener line, our dopeybroke.com text line. 69187 keyword R&R. We'll continue to take your calls and texts. Plus, 
Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. He'll join us, talk all things Super Wild Card Weekend, little betting lines. We'll do it next here on Radio Nation Radio 920.